Happy Friday. What's going on, everybody? Oh, yeah, let's, uh, I guess, make our way to the, the pews, the seats. Let's get ready to worship. Uh, we got a quick announcement. Um, tomorrow night, we're doing a movie night here at the church. Uh, it's going to be for our mission trip. It's our first fundraiser. It's uh, the movie, Do You Believe? So if you've never seen it, it's really good. It's up on that uh, Pure Flix. It's, it's really good. So if you guys want to come to that and support it, that'd be great. Um, I think there's something at 4 o'clock, too. I don't know if Deontay has Practice that. for the Easter program is at 4 o'clock, the 6th. It is mandatory, and it is dress rehearsal. 7 p.m., yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to just step into his presence tonight. If we can all stand and make our way back to our seats so that we can step into the presence of God and the things that he has for us tonight. How many of us are excited tonight? How many, how, how many of us are excited to just get fed and just get filled up and just get, get recharged, right, and uplifted in this place tonight, right? So let's clear our minds for the Lord. Let's empty our lives right now for the Lord, right? Let the Lord use us today. So as we close our eyes, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this place today, Father. And Father, I ask that you just come right now, Father, and fill us up. Fill us up with your love. Fill us up with your joy. Fill us up with your presence, Father. We are nothing without you, Lord. We are nothing without you. So allow us to just empty ourselves, Lord. Empty ourselves so that we can gain what you have for us this evening, Father. Empty us, Father. Search those places that need search tonight, Lord. Search those places that need cleanse tonight, Father. And Father, as we get ready to worship you, Lord, allow us to just seek you and you only. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Are we ready to worship him? Oh, I'm excited.
We need a fresh filling. We need a fresh anointing from you, Lord. So we come and we just call out and we say yes to you. We want to empty out ourselves so we can be filled with nothing but you. Be filled with the fullness of joy, God, that comes from encountering your presence, Lord. So I ask that we can just be made whole tonight, Lord, that we can lay all things down. We come to be unified in the faith right now. We come to fix our eyes upon Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. And Lord, we just come to call out and we ask for you to come. Come and search me freely. Bring your fire to my soul. Bring your fire to my soul. Search the deep places. The deep places. Bring your fire Search me freely, bring your fire to my soul, bring your fire to my soul, search the deep places, search the deep places, bring your fire to my soul, fire to my soul, I open up my Plan. I open up my plan. I open up my plan. 
Thank you, Jesus, for this night and this time together, this sacred time. Lord, we honor you and we praise you for who you are, for the things that you've done and the things that you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If they didn't leave already, the kids can kind of make their way back. Um, we can go ahead and dismiss them too. Their classes, you guys can hook up with Miss Sherry back there. I wanted to, I'm going to announce it on Sunday too. So if you guys come, but you guys will get it here first. Um, a lot of you guys know it's been in the works, you know, that we're opening up New Hope's Haven, which is going to be a maternity home because unborn lives matter, right? And, you know, it's one thing to say like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't believe in abortion. I don't want people to get an abortion. But what if they don't have somewhere to go? What if they're in a bad situation? Well, we want to be that solution. We want to come alongside them and say, look, you know, there's a better way here. You know, if you're in a bad relationship, if you're in an abusive relationship, if you don't have the money, you know, we have a house where you can come to, where we can take care of you, where we can get you back on track with your physical needs and your spiritual needs and, and get a group of women to kind of circle around you to help you not just through the pregnancy, but also as you transition to permanent housing, somebody that can mentor you and guide you and lead you. And I don't know um, how many of us already know Debbie Pilt. She's uh, been a longtime member of this church, but she left us for a season and thought she was moving to Florida. But by the grace of God, she has come back. So Debbie, could you just come up really quick and just, uh, could we give her a round of applause? She's gonna be our new house mother for New Hope's Haven. So she's coming back. So we kind of have hit a milestone. We got the home, we renovated the home. Now having a house mother in place, we're working through some policies and procedures and some minor maintenance stuff, but we're believing by the grace of God that by summertime, we'll be open, we'll be able to take people in, we'll be able to house girls. So we're really excited and this is just one of the things that God does through your giving. So just go ahead and greet the people. No heads up. Be ready I, in season and out of season. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, I just got here today, so I got back today. And I'm real excited about doing this. I want to, you know, be able to help these girls uh, find Jesus and to get through a pregnancy and continue on and, and grow more Christian babies. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. If we could have our ushers come forward, we're going to take tonight's offering. And I was with a, a group of people from the church and we were talking about what are the things that make a mature Christian? How do you know when you're maturing as a Christian? Well, one of the things is we mature, right? We're born again, and then we grow up in the things of the Spirit. And one of the things that as a mature believer we do, we say, you know what? I'm going to be 
a person that is going to contribute and build my church, right? What do you, for you guys who have kids, what do your kids do? They, they don't contribute. They don't pay the bills. They hang out. They eat all your food, right? They lay on your couch. They use up, leave the lights on. Rob's shaking his head yes right now, like he knows, right? And that's what children do. But then when you're an adult, you get your own place. When you have your own, you're the one who pays the freight. So as we grow up and we want to be spiritual adults and the thing is the spirit, we say, you know what? This is my church. God's given me power to get wealth. And I'm going to take a portion of that and I'm going to give back so it can make an eternal impact in things like Hope's Haven Maternity Home and things like the Bridge Transitional Home and all the other stuff we do, preschool, we want to do an after-school program, our youth program, all the things that go on in this church is possible because of your giving. So as, as believers in Christ, we're to give regularly, generously, and sacrificially to the work of God because, you know, there's coming a day, we don't like to always think about it, but, you know, there... I can't tell you, my, my wife being a real estate agent, how many times that she goes and has to list somebody's house because they had a relative, their mother, you know, their mother, and then they're frantically trying to give stuff away, try to throw stuff away because they don't know what to do with all this stuff. And we spend so much time accumulating stuff that will end up in a dumpster, that will end up on Facebook Marketplace, that will end up, you know, uh, being given away to somebody when we should say, you know what, my priority is the kingdom of God. And when you give to the kingdom of God, then you enter the financial covenant with God. And what's he promised in the book of Malachi? He says, I'll rebuke the devourer, off your finances, and I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so big that you won't contain. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. So you come, you give to your church, you see the ministry supported, you see broken people getting healed, the lost are reached, right? You see the church being built, heavens being populated. And then on top of that, God says that he's going to bless you because of your faithfulness and your giving. That's a pretty good deal, amen? Dear Lord, one guy's excited. Thank you for that. Everybody else is like, all right, all right, we get it, we get it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing through this ministry. Lord, when I look at, um, when I look at our budget and I look at the things that we've been able to do, it's only been by your grace. Lord, so I thank you, Lord, for, for the people that you've brought here for such a time as this, Lord. And I just, I just asked you to... Uh, bless the hands that give tonight. I just come into agreement with your word that every seed that's sowed, that you'll be able to multiply and, and provide them in abundance for every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as the ushers make their way forward, um, I just wanted to uh, announce a couple things. Move my pulpit over a little bit. Um, there we go. See, good thing I work out. All right. Um, a couple things. Next Friday, we're, we're going to have a good Friday service here. And it's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be really cool. Uh, we've done this before, but I think this year is going to be the best year ever. It's going to kind of be a little bit of an interactive uh, good Friday service where we're going to have these different interactive stations and these different places that you pray at. 
along with some worship. So it'll be really interesting. So uh, come next Friday, bring a friend as well, but uh, be ready for an experience. Uh, next Wednesday, we won't have our typical Bible study like we normally have. We'll be having a Passover Seder um, downstairs in our fellowship hall. So see Nancy Wade, put your hand in the air. If you are coming, if you could just give her a heads up, she's kind of just uh, wants to have the numbers because we will have a, you know, full, uh, a full meal there. So we need to know how many people uh, to make food for, but you guys are welcome, um, you know, totally free. We just want to know who's coming just so we can provide the food. And it'll be, it's very interesting if you've never attended something like this to see Christ in the Passover Seder. It's very, very uh, interesting. So come out on Wednesday night at 6.30 um, instead of the normal time of 7, 6.30 down in the fellowship hall. If you don't know uh, where that is, it's just uh, two doors uh, to, the, to the left and right on the ground floor, there's a double white doors you can walk in, come at 6.30. We want to kind of get started um, pretty promptly in there. So uh, just try to be on time for that. Monday, uh, Celebrate Recovery will be at normal time. Um, and, you know, I'm excited about Resurrection Sunday as well. So again, that's a, a great time. We have, we've been having practices. Our kids and youth have been practicing to do something a little special. So, you know, please come to church that day, bring somebody with you. It's a great time. Make them feel guilty. You know, just say like, look, it's Easter. You can't even, you can't even come to church on Easter. You know, make them come. Who knows? They might get saved. They might give their life to the Lord. You know, um, let's make the most of the, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're in a series called Shadows of the Cross. We're kind of, uh, we're, we're getting ready to finish it up. And you know, how do you understand the Bible? A lot of people say, you know, I don't understand the Bible. I opened it up and it's just confusing. I don't really understand what it's saying. And, and usually what happens is somebody picks up a, a Bible and, and they start and they open it up and they start reading right from the book of Genesis and and then they, they kind of go on uh, along and then they kind of get bogged down in like Leviticus and they're like, I don't know if I, you know, I, if I had to get all this. You know, if you, if you do this, if you want to understand the Bible, you start with Jesus. It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. So if you start in the Gospels, preferably I would say the Gospel of John, start there. And when you understand Jesus, then with that light, then go back into the Old Testament and you can read those Old Testament stories in the light of who Jesus is because the Bible is all about Jesus. It really is. Um, Jesus even said to the Jewish religious leaders of that day, he said, you guys look to the scriptures to uh, try to find eternal life, but the scriptures testify of me. He's, the Bible was all about Jesus. So that animal in the garden with Adam and Eve that was slain and the blood was shed and so, so that the animal skins could cover Adam and Eve, 
That was about Jesus, the story of Isaac and Abraham. Yes, that was about Jesus, the story of the serpent on the pole. It was about Jesus, the scarlet cord that Rahab put out the window. That was about Jesus, the story of Jonah and the whale. It was all about Jesus. The Bible is all about Jesus. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been looking at these Old Testament stories and we've been seeing how they show a type and shadow of Jesus. So that's why we call it shadows of the cross. So where we're going to start today, we're going to start with Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to read verse 13 and 14. And you're going to see kind of how this all ties in together as we go along. I'm sorry I didn't give the guys the right scripture, so you might actually have to look in your Bible this time. If, or if you got the Bible app, you can really cheat and get there quick. If you don't have the Bible app, get it for your phone. It's uh, just a great resource. It's totally free. You can pull the Bible up and all kind of different translations. You can, um, you, it, it has all kind of devotions and reading plan and videos. It's just a, a real blessing um, and a way to redeem technology. But Galatians chapter 3, if you're there, say amen. Yes. All right, I'm going to start with, I'm going to read two verses, 13 and 14. The word of God says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Uh, the title of my message tonight is simply this, the tree, just called the tree. If you could bow your heads, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for giving your life on a cross, for dying in our place for our sins, Lord. I thank you right now for the power of the Holy Spirit that has been poured out on your church. Lord, so I pray right now that you would empower me to preach and teach your word, Lord. I, I pray that the word would go out with clarity that you would give the people hearts to receive, that you would give them ears to hear. We bind any type of hindering spirit that would try to stop this word. Lord, we thank you that tonight, and we would pray that your power would be here to heal, to heal any type of sickness, any type of disease, any type of mental disorder. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are healing the broken places in our lives. And we thank you, we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. There was a, a story, there was a, a longtime famous chaplain by the name of Peter Marshall. And he would always tell this story about the keeper of the spring. And he said that there was this old man that lived up in the mountains and they knew him as keeper of the spring. He lived up in the Alps and there was a small town in Austria, and basically um, all these little rivers, like these little tributaries, would run from the, in between the mountains, and they would run all into this lake kind of well thing that was in the middle of 
the town and it kind of became the center of the town. They would use it to irrigate, farmers would use it to irrigate their crops. There would be uh, all kind of different birds, exotic birds that would kind of live there and, and people would flock there just to be around like this big lake. And a man decided to pay um, this guy who lived up in the mountains and they just called him the keeper of the spring and he said, we're gonna pay him every month and what he's gonna do is he's gonna go up and he's gonna clear these, uh, all these tributaries that run to the lake. He's gonna clear them out. So, you know, sometimes animals would die and, and, and they would kind of get thirsty and they would fall into the water and, and he would clear them out. And, and every, uh, when the seasons would change, the leaves would fall and, and they would kind of get into uh, the, the water and kind of just gunk it up and dead fish, whatever. But he would keep all those tributaries clear. So by the time it flowed down into this village, then uh, the water would be crystal clear because everything that was kind of polluting these rivers would be taken out. Then a few years later, the, the council of the city changed and like every government agency, they never have enough money. They never have enough money. So they decided that they were gonna go over the budget and decided that they needed to cut things back. And so there's somebody that is on the borough council and they're like, why are we paying for this guy? Why are we paying? Nobody ever sees him. We don't really know what he does. Uh, nobody even knows his name, but this money goes out to this address every month. You know what? I bet you he's not even doing anything. Let's quit paying him. And so they decided to quit paying him. And for a few months, they didn't really notice a difference um, down in the town. And then slowly but surely, somebody saw that the water started getting a little little brown, little brownish kind of flew, you know, started floating down um, into uh, the spring. And then it just started getting worse and worse till it got brownish green. And then there was a film that started kind of forming on the, the lake. And pretty soon there wasn't all the exotic birds that would come to, they weren't coming there anymore. And the, the farmers couldn't irrigate their fields. And pretty soon people started getting sick and they started getting, um, you know, they, they started getting uh, all kinds of diseases because they were drinking this water that was once was clean, but now it was highly polluted. And they knew at once that they had to start paying the keeper of the spring to go back and began cleaning out these tributaries and he began doing that once again and sure enough, the water became clean once again, the animals came back, people started getting healthy again. And you know, it's kind of like a cool story, but it's, it's an analogy of the human condition. You know, throughout life, especially when we meet Jesus, we can have these you know, the, these bitter experiences. And, you know, we're not really lakes, but, you know, the, the Bible says that we need to guard our hearts, right? Our hearts are our innermost being because out of our hearts spring the wellspring of life. And, and some of us, you know, we, we've had very dysfunctional families or we've had absent parents and it's kind of given us a wound. Some of us have been abused by people that we should have trusted. Some of us had 
a hard time growing up. We felt like we never really fit in anywhere. Some of us have been betrayed by people. Uh, some of us have, have lost people that were close to us and we feel like it's unfair. Some of us have fell into addiction to kind of try to cover the pain we were going through and that just compounded some of the issues we had. Some of us maybe, you know, had legal issues and kind of found ourselves on the wrong side of the law and, and ended up incarcerated. And, and I could go on and on, but we all have had experiences in our life that, that can allow unhealthy things to, to flow into our hearts and kind of begin poisoning our, our innermost being and, and these bitter or these bad experiences become the source of how we handle our problems and how we handle our relationships and we can't really figure out why things aren't working but we have all these bitter experiences that are allowing these diseased and polluted rivers to, to kind of live inside of our hearts and there's only one way that we can deal with those bitter places and those dysfunctional areas in our hearts. And I'll give you a hint of how we deal with it. It rhymes with Nesis. And I want to open up to the book of Exodus chapter 15, 22 through 27. And this is where we're going to see the shadow of the cross. And I believe that this is going to kind of unlock this and begin to make even more sense of how we can walk in healing and how we can walk in wholeness. And we don't have to live dysfunctional lives and we don't have to have dysfunctional relationships. Jesus died to, to heal all of that so that we can be whole, so that we can be emotionally whole, emotionally healthy, mentally whole, mentally healthy, that we can live with love and joy and peace and kindness and patience and faithfulness. We don't have to, just because we grew up in dysfunctional families doesn't mean that our family needs to be dysfunctional. Just because we grew up in difficult things doesn't mean our kids need to grow up in the same way. Somebody's got to decide to break the cycle. May as well be us. Because, you know, once you get one generation, once they, one generation's compromise will become the next generation's captivity. So we've got to learn not to compromise. We've got to do the work to allow the Lord to heal us. Exodus 15, 22 to 27, verse 22, it says, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Merah, they could not drink the waters of Merah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Merah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made a statue and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, 
I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Somebody say none. For I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. Now, it says that Moses and the Israelites came from the Red Sea. They came from a place where they had just experienced a, a miracle, where they had experienced a miraculous deliverance. For 400 years, they were in slavery. But from the, the, the power of the Passover, they were finally freed from the grip of Pharaoh and from Egypt. The people cried out to God in their bondage and in their slavery, and God heard their cry. It's, it's the type of person who, who feels empty, who is, is just sick and tired of being sick and tired, who has tried all the things of this world and realized that it's nothing more than a dead end, that chasing this thing and that thing and realizing it's nothing more than a mirage, still feeling empty, and they cry out to God in desperation, Lord, help me. I know that there's got to be more to life than this. And how many know? That, that God hears those cries, that he's close to those with a broken spirit, that he saves those with a contrite heart. And God raises up Moses to be the people of God's spokesperson, to be their leader. And the Pharaoh in the Old Testament is, is a type of the devil who has people in bondage, and, and Egypt is a type of of the world system and, and and in a real way their deliverance from Egypt it, it represents you and I the moment that we say yes to Jesus and the moment that we get saved because the moment that we say yes to Jesus ownership is transferred from the slave market of sin that that Satan has and Jesus brings us into his glorious light and the people experienced a real miracle with, with, with the parting of, of the Red Sea. And, and they go through and they escaped on dry land. And when the enemy pursued, right, God closed that Red Sea and, and destroyed all of their enemies. And, and when we're delivered, listen, I'm going to tell you, the enemy has no power over you. He's under your feet. And, and the enemy tried to grab them back and said, you guys aren't getting delivered, but, but, but through a miracle, you know, God closes the Red Sea and, and they get to the other side and they're, they're so happy that they've made it out of Egypt and they're not slaves anymore. And, and you see that they have this time of worship and, and celebration and singing and praising. But then at a certain point, they realized that, yes, they weren't slaves anymore but they were in a wilderness they were in a desert and they had to figure that out they were in a place that they have never been before and some of the people would even say that you know did, did you bring us into Egypt to die we, we would have been better off just 
just going back and, and they actually want to go back into slavery because they don't trust God. They don't trust that God has a plan for them. They don't trust that God has a purpose for them. And so many times somebody will, will come into church and they'll give their life to Jesus and they'll get free. And, and, and when everything in their life isn't cleaned up just like that, they say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going back to what I know because I don't know this. I don't understand this. I've never been at a place like this before. I'm going to go back to the thing that I know. I'm going to go back into bondage. But the thing that I tell people, I mean, at least give the Lord as much time as you gave to the devil, right? Give the Lord as much time as you, you've been serving the devil your whole life, digging holes everywhere, burning every bridge, and in one moment you want everything to be fixed. So they're in the wilderness, they're in the wilderness. They're, they're, they're at a place that they've never been before, and they realize that their deliverance wasn't the end of the journey, that it was the start of a brand new one. And when you and I get saved, it's not the end of the road. When, when, if, you, if you give your life to Jesus and you walk down this aisle and you pray that prayer of faith, that's not the end. That's just the start. That's just the beginning. And yes, it's, it's a new start. And it's full of possibilities. And it's full of new opportunities that you didn't have before. But, but, but to get you to the place that God wants you to be, to get you to the place that he's called you to be, he's going to have to do some things inside of you. And many times it can be a major problem or a tragic incident that that brings you to the Lord but but once that big thing kind of gets cleared away you realize that many of the problems that you had in life the, the big thing that you thought was your problem that was just a symptom of your problem and the reason that you were doing that thing or or the reason that you had that big problem is because you have these bitter experiences in your life that you've never been healed from. You have wounds in your life. You know, a lot of people come into church because they, you know, they're they're addicts, they're hooked on drugs and and they and they want to they want to get off drugs and they quit doing drugs, but they realize that they got a whole nother problem because now they got to deal with their emotions and they got to deal with their thoughts and they got to figure things out and now they got to get a job and they got to do all these things and they realize that that addiction wasn't the problem, it was just a symptom. And for them to live the new life that God called them to live, they have to get healing in their heart for all those wounds. But how many know that, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free? And he can heal your broken heart and he can set you free from any bondage in your life. But many times he takes you to a place called the wilderness. And maybe some of you feel like you're in a wilderness 
right now, you, you, you feel like you're in a difficult place and, and you feel that maybe God isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to keep his promises or God doesn't have a good plan for you and you, you don't really understand it. But I can tell you that when you're in the wilderness, it's the place that God prepares you for the next season of your life. God prepares you for the promised land in the wilderness. That's the purpose of the wilderness. See, God didn't bring uh, the people out of Egypt for them to be slaves. He brought them out to be sons, but they had to get the thinking of a slave out of them. They had to get the thinking of all of Egypt out of them. They had to get the pain of being a slave out of them so that they could cross into the promised land and possess everything that God has for them. And there's purposes for the wilderness. The, the purpose of the wilderness is to humble you and, and to test you, to know what is in your heart and to know whether or not that you will keep the commands of God. The wilderness is to humble you. Because you've got to get this, that you can't do it on your own. If it's all up to you, you'll screw it up every time. I promise, ask me how I know. But when I'm in the wilderness, I know that I'm not going to eat unless God provides for me. I know that I'm not going to be able to drink unless God can provide water for me. It's to humble you to let you know that you need the Lord in every moment, every decision, every move that you make, you need the Lord. And sometimes pride raises up and we get pretty full of ourselves. But as soon as you get full of pride, guess what? You're being set up for a fault. And many times you get very proud and God as a way to Discipline his children will bring you into a wilderness season to break you of that pride, to help you from destroying yourself. You know, a lot of times when I pray for people, you know what my prayer is? Lord, save them from their self. Not even so much from the devil. Lord, save them from their self. Save them from their own self-will and their own selfishness. Because that's the, that's the thing that gets us so many times. And the wilderness is to humble you. It's also to test you, to see what is truly in your heart. See, many times it's not till pressure gets applied till you really see what you're made of. It's like a tube of toothpaste, right? It's just, it's sitting there, it's sitting on your sink. You got to grab that thing and squeeze it for the toothpaste to come out. And when the pressure is on when, when a pressure begins to get applied when the pressure of life comes in you you'll find out what's really inside of you is it the holy spirit or is it another spirit that's inside of you when the pressure comes on you will be tested but you'll never know you'll never know the the places that you need to work on in your life if you don't go through those tests and it says that he's going to test you to see what's truly in your heart and also if you will keep his commands. Will you be truly obedient in those tough times or will you compromise? 
for what's better for you at the time. And, and many times things in your life will become exposed during those rough times and, and you'll be exposed and it, and it can be embarrassing, but you're not in the wilderness so that you can die there. You're in the wilderness so God can begin the process of healing you and pulling out those bitter experiences and healing those wounds and healing those crooked places in your life. And for three days, they had no water. And, and you know, if you guys know anything about survival, three's kind of the magic number. You can go three minutes without oxygen. You can go three days without water. And you can go three weeks without food. And that's just averages, of course. But they're in that place, three days with no water in a howling desert wilderness. So they get into this place where they need water and, and they find a pool of water, but it's nasty, it's not drinkable, it's, it's bitter. It's bitter. Three days they're like, are we going to die out here? Did God bring us out here so we can die? And, and, and they begin saying stuff to Moses and, and God shows Moses a tree. And the tree is a type of the cross. The tree is a type of the cross of Christ. What is the scripture that we read in the beginning? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And Moses gets the tree and, and he, he throws the tree, as God told him, into the bitter water. And the bitter waters become sweet. And here's the tie-in for us, that through the cross of Jesus Christ, those bitter experiences of your life can become sweet. See, he, he doesn't just redeem you. He doesn't just forgive you of your sins, but he'll even redeem your past. He'll redeem your mistakes. He'll, he'll redeem your pain. He'll, he'll take the thing that, was, that it's the devil used to try to destroy you. And then he will turn around and redeem that, and he will use your life to destroy those plans of the enemy for other people. I don't know if you guys are understanding what I'm saying here, but, but he'll take your mess and he'll make it your message. He'll take your trial and he'll turn it into your triumph. He'll take your test and he'll turn it into your testimony. He'll take you from being a victim to being a victor. Can I get an amen in this Presbyterian church tonight? You guys are quiet. Listen, he took a dope dealer and he turned him into a hope dealer. As a young boy, when I was in ninth grade, I, I began hanging out with some older kids and like a lot of people in school, I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be with the cool kids. I wanted to be in the cool crowd. And I ended up with these older kids and I'm driving around in a car and the next thing I know they're smoking a joint. And I was a little bit scared for the, 
first time, but, but I wanted them to accept me and I wanted to prove, even though I was only in ninth grade, that I could hang with the big boys. And so I started using drugs and, and I started drinking and smoking marijuana, then graduating to LSD, then graduating to, to cocaine, hanging out with one of the biggest drug dealers here in Western PA, selling drugs and, and all of a sudden hooked on drugs. And I never thought that I would be able to live a sober life. I, I never, I, I didn't even understand how people were sober. I was like, I don't even understand how people go through life sober because I always had this anxiety and this anxiousness that was going on inside of me. But guess what? It was a God-shaped hole. And, and the day that I met Jesus, he saved me and he filled in that hole. And I didn't need drugs and alcohol anymore. And, and he set me free. And he put me in the ministry. And one of my missions since I came into the ministry is to come against that pharmacia spirit that's ravaging our neighborhoods and ravaging our streets and, and killing our children. And it has been one of my main missions to get people out of bondage. And I can tell you something. Since I've been in this church, literally hundreds of people have passed through this church that have got free from drugs and alcohol coming in one way, coming in those doors addicted, disgusted, couldn't be trusted. But when they came in and they met Jesus and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the curse was broken in their life. The devil is a liar. My generation will be saved. Amen. And listen, whatever the devil used to try to destroy your life, when you come out of it, and you will come out of it, when you come out of that thing and the Lord begins to heal those bitter places in your life and heal those wounds, then the same comfort that the Holy Spirit has given you, he's going he, to use you to give that same comfort to other people. He is the Lord who heals you. He's the Lord who heals your life. That's what he does. That's his nature. That's who he is. That's how he, he would reveal himself to the Jewish people through these different covenant names. And he said, I am the Lord who heals you. He healed my body. He, he healed my mind. He, he saved me just in time. I'm an overcomer, and you're an overcomer. I should have been a statistic. I shouldn't be up here preaching right now. But guess what? There was one who went before me who hung on a tree so that the curse of my life could be broken. And I wasn't looking for him, but he found me, and he found you too. And he can break every curse in your life, and he can use your life as a testimony and now I don't look back on those bitter days because guess what now I can meet people right where they're at now I can say to them you know what I know what it is to be jonesing for that next hit I know what it is to want to smoke some crack I know what it is to want to snort another line but guess what I know what it is to walk with Jesus and be free from all of that I've been where you've been I've walked where you walk and no matter what you've been through God can use you he can use you as a healing agent and that is the beauty of the kingdom of God that that he wants to use you that the rescued becomes a rescuer he doesn't just deliver you so that you can be free 
He gives you a plan and purpose in this life, in this world, to take all those nasty experiences that you thought was going to bring you down, and now you can connect with people and say, you know what, I know what it is to lose a child. I know what it is to be divorced. I know what it is to be abused. I, I, and you, you feel like you're not going to make it right now, but I'm going to walk by your side because I made it through, and God healed my heart, and I have a blessed life now. And guess what? You can have a blessed life too. That is what we are called to do as a church that is what the church of jesus christ is all about and it's definitely what new hope church is all about could i get an amen this morning amen amen worship team if you want to make your way forward and here's the thing that you got to understand the way that you stay free is to get active in the work of the ministry so many people they get free and then they're just so happy to be free that they're done. But God says that there's more for you. It's not enough to just come out of Egypt. That's good. I'm glad you're out of Egypt. I'm glad that the Pharaoh isn't in control of you anymore. But there's a promised land that's ahead of you. And when you come to that promised land and you realize that it was never about me. It was about the people that I'm called to help. It was about the hurting people that are out there in the world that are lost and dying without Jesus, that God has a special calling just for me. And until I engage in that calling, I'll never be truly satisfied. But when I give my whole life to that thing and say, you know what? This test that I've been through, you know, I'm not ashamed anymore. I used to be ashamed of it. But now it's my testimony. I, when, when somebody, when they asked me that, hey, we, we really feel that you're called to pastor a church, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to react to that. I mean, I grew up around here. People know me. I'm, I'm going to be up here and I'm going to be preaching Jesus. And, and people know the things that I've done in my life. And it's not like I could go to another town and just act like, you know, that my mom gave birth to me on the altar of the church and I was, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have that kind of past. I'm kind of out there. And Amen. And, and that's what it is. That's what it's all about. And I thought that that thing was going to hold me back from doing the work of God. And you know what? That is the thing that has propelled me into doing the work of God. I never wanted to, I never saw myself as being senior pastor of this church. But praise God, we're going on 12 years in August that I've been senior pastor of this church. But all I wanted to do, amen, all I wanted to do is just start a recovery meeting. And because people knew me and they knew about my testimony, they started coming to that recovery meeting because they needed help. And pretty soon that recovery meeting became bigger than the amount of people that were in the church on Sunday. And guess what? A bunch of drug addicts and prostitutes and everywhere in between started getting saved and giving their life to Jesus. And they started coming to church on Sunday and it became the place for the addict, for the lost, for the broken, for the people who the world gave up on. But we don't give up on them because we know that there was a man named Jesus and the blood of Jesus will cleanse any sin and the power of the Holy Spirit can overcome anything that the devil did. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Can we just rise to our feet? Can we just raise our hands to heaven? Let's just receive what the Lord has for us right now. Heavenly Father, I just, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't waste their pain. Don't waste their pain. These people got a story to tell. They've been through some things. They've been down some tough roads. Lord, make them rescuers. Make them rescuers. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with the fire of God. Give them a burden for the lost. Give them a burden for souls. Give them a burden for the broken. Don't allow them to just look out at the problems of the world and say somebody needs to fix it. You know what? The Lord fixed it. He gave his son to die on a cross. And then he gave you the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go. Now go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May we, meet, may we reach the promised land in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for anybody right now that's going through that wilderness season, the bitter places in their heart. Lord, I pray right now, because we know there is a bomb in Gilead. Lord, I pray that that healing bomb would just flow right now, just flow into this sanctuary right now, Lord. Just heal right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I just pray for anxiety right now to be lifted in the name of Jesus. I pray against the spirit of fear. I, I, I pray against night terrors right now in the name of Jesus. Night terrors, bad dreams, waking up scared, sweaty. I break that in the name of Jesus. Mental disorders. Confusion, brain fog. I pray that it would be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would make us bold as lions in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we go out and worship? Can we go out and worship? Speak to those mountains, Moses, time to move. You got nothing to offer. You got nothing for me. Jesus. So I speak to those demons. I want to be free. Lord, lay your hand down. Lay it down on me. Here I was empty-handed, crying out from the pit of my despair. There you Yeah. 
up in those wilderness seasons. It can't be like the, those Jews that were going through saying, you know what, I just want to go back to Egypt. The Lord's not done with you. The Lord's not done with you. He's building you up for something greater. Your story's still being written. You got to stand strong. You got to persevere. You got to hold on to the Lord. And if you're going through a difficult situation and you can't seem to get out of it, just that, Lord, what am I doing? And he'll reveal it to you and he'll set you free. And you'll go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from victory to victory. I believe it. I hope you receive it in the name of Jesus. I just want to pray a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. This service is concluded. Go out and have the best weekend of your life. Go out and give them heaven. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. God bless. Amen. It's not one or the other. It's hard to them the stakes to be known, truly known, and be loved by you. We truly known and loved by you. I won't let go. Truth and me, that mistakes to be known, to be known, and be loved by you, loved by you, loved by you, loved by you. Be
Come, love. 